0: Welcome to Baby Boomer Tales. You can find us at babyboomertales.com. Once you've arrived at our webpage, there are links to our Boomers General Store where you can buy all things Baby Boomers. Links to many podcast providers where you can hear Baby Boomer Tales plus your favorite Podcasts, our YouTube channel, where you can listen to our Baby Boomer Tales podcast or watch our Baby Boomer Tales video casts. Thank you for riding along today. August is starting to wind down. Ooh. it's been a long, hot one this summer. The grass is really grown around here. Many things have happened, and I, for one, am kind of glad that September's right around the corner i like september the only month i might like better than september is october i'm a fall boy i'll tell you that not that i want to take the fall but i am a boy guaranteed (music) now for our song of the week the song this week we are featuring Allie oop It was written in 1957. It was inspired by the comic strip about a caveman we all knew. Good old Allie. Oop, Oop, Oop. It was recorded in 1960 by the Hollywood Argyles, who were a studio band, and it made it all the way to number one on the Billboard Hot 100 charts. Bands that had recorded it also, after the Hollywood Argyles made it a hit, were the Beach Boys. They recorded on their 1965 album, Beach Boys Party. My favorite song off that album was Barbara Ann. I thought that was their best rendition of that song. Also, the Tremolos, Here Comes My Baby, those people, they recorded Alley Oop. Darlene Love, Today I Met the Boy I'm Gonna Marry, she recorded Alley Ray Stevens recorded a version of Alley That does not surprise me at all. Ray likes songs like that pretty much. My favorite song of Ray Stevens is the Bricklayer song. you ever get a chance, listen to that puppy. It'll make you laugh, guaranteed. Look at that caveman go. When I was a little kid, I went to this little bitty log church. It was about a half a block to the west of my grandparents' house. It was on the road that went up the hill on the east side of town, right there on the corner of 6th Street and probably Jasper. I'm not positive on the east-west street. It's a little bitty church and it had a basement. I remember going down to the basement. I must have had Sunday school class or something like that. My most vivid memory of that church building, though, and it was a just an old log church. It looked like a log cabin, kind of, with a steeple and all that stuff. But one Easter Sunday, there were so many people that went to church on Easter that my dad and I stood outside with the rest of the men and boys, because the congregation was just full of of women and little little kids and so we stood out there trying to hear later that church and it was a Presbyterian church and that's where we went to church and I think there were two or three different churches in town there was a Presbyterian Episcopalian I don't think there was a Catholic church and I'm not sure about the Baptist there was a assembled at God's church right over the hill from my parents' house. But I went to youth group there at that Presbyterian church and later they built a brand new church on the west side of town and the whole community chipped in and put a lot of sweat equity into it. And I went to youth group at that church. I remember it was kind of a modern type church. Everything was kind of an open floor plan. And there was an upstairs, maybe that's where the choir sang, and and the stairs were right in the middle of the sanctuary, and the only thing that separated the sanctuary from the kitchen there where you had donuts after church was those stairs. And so we had folding chairs also instead of a pew, so that was all modern and all that stuff. I remember one time at youth group, we were sitting there waiting for it to start, and Mike came in and declared to all of us that Walt Disney had just died. I remember that, sitting there at these long tables on those folding chairs, listening to Mike explain that good old Walt had passed away. I always remember that scene. I found out the other day that Mike had now passed on. He's my age. I knew him from about fifth grade on. I've spoken of Mike a few times on these podcasts. Makes you smile thinking about that old guy. Last time I saw him was our 20 year high school reunion. Anyway, back to the church. The one thing the Presbyterians had that I never quite understood and never have ever understood, although I do respect these people, and the pastor wore a robe. For some reason, while I was smaller, I felt that guys wearing robes were like judges. You know, you go to court, and the judge is wearing a robe, all rise, walks in in that big old black robe. Well, that's the Presbyterians, their pastors wore a robe. When I got older, I started going to a Baptist church and I was surprised because that guy just wore a suit. Now, I guess I must not have got out and about very much because I didn't realize that a pastor or a preacher could just wear a suit and not have to wear a robe. So even though I felt they were judging me, maybe that was my own conviction. I probably need a little judgment handed down to me from someone other than my parents or my teachers. But I was such a rebel that I just want to do my thing no matter what. No matter what it was. Go to school, Well, one thing you must do to comply is study and work hard. All I want to do besides being the class clown and see the girls and play sports is i did not want to be told that i had to study and learn and get an education i figured that was just all part of the deal the whole package well whatever somehow i made it through public school system i remember one time i wanted a bible for my parents and they gave me some money i walked down the hill Walked over to Hart's Variety Store. Later, that would be Dave's parents' insurance agency, that building. But I got me a Bible. I took it home. and had a zipper It could close it up. And it had red letters in there where Jesus was speaking. I had never seen that before. I thought, this is weird. I wonder why he's talking in red. Anyway, I had that Bible forever and ever. I think I still do around here somewhere. My boyhood Bible. It really didn't mean that much to me except that I owned it. I don't think I ever took it to youth group or church or any of that stuff. But I had it, by golly. That had to count for something. As I finished up my career in the public school system, I was asked to say the prayer at our baccalaureate before graduation. My mother thought that was a great honor. I thought it sounded like a burden to me. And we had a little power struggle between my mom and I. Is it my mom and I or my mom and me? I think it's my mom and me. Anyway, enough for your English lesson here. Does that even count anymore? Knowing good grammar and perfect English? I don't think it does. Sad. Isn't that sad? I'm pretty sad about that. Although, you know, I do treat the English language sometimes like it is a foreign language. Unless I'm writing. If I write, I pretty much know to not end a sentence with a preposition and say ain't and all that stuff but when i'm speaking yeah well, i guess i listened to dizzy dean announced baseball games too many years i don't know if you don't know who dizzy dean was he was kind of a hillbilly type guy that was very colorful in his presentation of what was happening at the ballpark good old Diz. well 20 years after i graduated we came home for our 20-year high school reunion and by golly That's the last time I saw Mike, remember? But for the dinner that night, I had been asked to say the prayer to open up the reunion. Well, true to form, I was late. By the time I got there, they were waiting to eat on me. So I did say the prayer. Now, I didn't understand what a great privilege and honor that was until later on in life. They may have asked me to say the prayer, not because I had said the prayer at Baccalaureate 20 years earlier, but because I was the president of the local Full Gospel Businessman's Fellowship International chapter. I was very involved in our church. That all happened after I got married. I married a party girl, that's for sure. Well, about a month or two after we were married, my wife started going to church. Now what is wrong with you? Why are you doing that? And she explained to me that she had always told herself that once she got married, she was going to settle down and start going to church again and raise her family the best she possibly could. Well, I thought she was crazy. I really did. But you know how it is. You kind of turn into what you hang out with. I don't care what it is or where you are or who you are. That principle in life is very, very true. Next thing I knew, I had met Jesus Christ himself, and he changed my life. And then I got very involved in our church. And like I said, I became the president of the Full Gospel Businessman's Fellowship International. I never thought I was really called to be a preacher. I always thought I was a businessman. And maybe to this day, I still think I am. But God had some kind of call on my life. And if you don't think God doesn't have a call on your life, well, just examine yourself and see which way you choose. Do you choose to be as good as you can and do what was right? Or do you choose to lie, steal, cheat, and maybe even kill? Choice is always up to us. That is a fact. And we raised our family, and I had a good life. Then one year in business, I had a very, very bad year, and that's all it took put me down, and we moved to the Midwest, and I was stressed to the max. I couldn't even think of doing anything that had even a little bit of stress involved with it. I thought it would just send me over the edge. So I told my wife my plan. She said, go for it. My big plan was just put my emotions and my brain and my whole being kind of in a neutral spot, and I started mowing lawns. It was really pretty good for me. I just worked my butt off in the Midwestern heat where the grass liked to grow a whole bunch. If anyone ever got a little ugly with me, I'd just tell them that I'm stress-free now. I'm never coming back to you. Well, during that time, it was weird. I started getting these sermons as I was mowing the yard. I'd be mowing eight hours a day, I'd, I'd mow mow grass. And I'd have these wonderful sermons. And it was amazing. I'd never had anything like that ever roll around on the inside of me ever before. Even when I was the president of that organization, that wonderful organization that touched hundreds of thousands of men and families throughout the world. So we go into this church, and so I thought I'd share that with the pastor there, and so I did one day. I told him I thought that maybe I was being called to be a preacher. What? Jim's a preacher? Ha 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 ha! Laugh if you must, that's okay. I saw it, I felt it, I kind of thought it was happening, so I shared it with him and that guy shot it right down. The last time I had been shot down by a preacher was years before after I'd had a bad trip on LSD. And I felt like God and the devil were pulling me apart. Little did I know back then, the devil was trying to pull me apart. God just wasn't letting go of me. I know that now, though. I do. Well, back then, that pastor tried to tell me a story how when he sees a girl in a tight sweater, he has a little bit of lust that tries to come on him a little bit. That's not what I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear that Jesus Christ is standing with me and for me and holding me no matter what. Well, that guy didn't deliver that. And I felt this guy years later when I told him what I thought about being a pastor was kind of cut out of the same cloth. Nothing against him. He probably didn't know any better. And if I was really called and I really felt it in my heart, it wouldn't matter what anybody said anyway. I would have gone for it. And yet I was in a very vulnerable spot back then. I have always taken things way too serious, which is an amazing thing for a person that's not very serious at all. Well, I look back at my life now, and I don't think I miss my calling, because my calling is what your calling is. That is to share our love and our compassion with anybody that needs help, kinda like Jesus did. I am an ambassador of the Most High God, if I want to be or not, I've made that choice and I believe it's the right choice that I could have made. I've been blessed beyond measure. Look inside of yourself. When you don't think you have make a difference in this world, you'd be amazed how a smile or a helping hand or a kind word can possibly change somebody's life forever. Always be kind, you just never know. I'll be back next Wednesday. Peace out.